All right, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these who've gathered for an after-lunch session, which is very difficult, uh, Lord. But I pray that you'd please help us as we talk about follow-up and mainly through the growth steps uh, that, that are necessary for any church to, to move someone from coming in all the way to the core of uh, someone who could uh, train others to, to be disciples as well. I pray that you please use something that's said in a practical sense to um, help uh, all the different contexts. Lord, I wish we could spend some time right now just talking about the different ministry contexts that are represented. But uh, Lord, you know that. You know the truths uh, that we're about to share. And I pray to you, please, Holy Spirit, uh, do the job that I can't do to uh, contextualize uh, the information to each person and uh, personalize it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, my name is Peter Mord, and uh, I've served here for the last uh, 16, 17 years, and uh, we've, I've done several different uh, things. I was talking to some of the guys uh, before we started, um, and worked with young adults, worked with teens. I, I teach in the college some, but um, my main role is I'm pastoring uh, one of the campuses. We have five different campuses, and one of the campuses is out in Rancho Vista, and um, a lot of new Christians, and we're trying to move people who are very unchurched into the church and also into a role of not just a disciple, but a disciple maker. And so I want to walk through uh, that today. I want to talk about there's kind of two ways to do this. Um, and and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind of flying through your outline. We'll, uh, and, and so if, if you have an outline, uh, you know, uh, that'll kind of be my ticket to going, speeding up and slowing down at will. Um, but uh, but I want to try to keep it as practical as possible, and I want to talk uh, mainly about uh, both the biblical model, but not not a ton on the biblical model, because I think you guys get the biblical model for follow-up, but I will talk about it a little bit in, in light of encouraging people toward growth. And uh, I want to talk about, there's two paradigms I'm, I'm looking at from, from follow-up and uh, what we would say assimilation into the church. Um, there's a paradigm that basically says, we're going we're gonna to do our best um, and, and not step back and analyze the, the dangers of that. Um, and, and I think that, that that's just kind of a subconscious category that we all can fall into. And then there's another category that basically says, you know what, there's, there's some inherent dangers in following up that way and trying to assimilate uh, that way. And, and just a, a reminder of, of, of some of the dangers that, that can be uh, sometimes when, uh, when men don't uh, want to analyze their process, it can get dangerous. This is an example of that. Um, this might provide some shade, but in the long term, it's probably not the best solution. Uh, neither is this. Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, how we even got that car up there. Um, and uh, some things are really quick. Uh, meaning you can, you, there are some strategies that you can apply, uh, apply very quickly, um, but they're not safe either. Um, and so this is the quickest option, uh, but it's not the safest option. And then some things, uh, you, can, you can move a lot in a little bit of time, but this isn't safe either. So one forklift carrying another forklift to get it as high as you possibly can. And so, uh, but this is the most dangerous of all is when you try to use the wrong tool, okay, uh, in, in the wrong context, okay? Uh, so this is uh, uh, the, the head of a mortar, uh, and they're trying to take the head of the mortar off with, uh, it looks like uh, a little bit of a, 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 
a file or something, um, this guy's face tells it all, okay? Because there's some people who are uh, aware of the dangers in, in, in how we're uh, trying to assimilate, how we're trying to follow up, and then there's some uh, who are completely obliz- oblivious to that. Now, I just want you to know that um, I'm going to tell you some things today that are uh, not my, uh, not, not our greatest moments, but I hope through uh, embarrassing myself a little bit, I'll, I'll be an asset to you. Um, when we first started New Life about two years ago, um, we, I just took the, the model of follow-up that I learned here. By the way, it's a great model, and you learned some of that model yesterday. Um, and I just blindly applied it to uh, the Christians that we were reaching and, uh, and I was really finding some very mixed results, and I was a little bit frustrated at that because I was applying uh, the tool that worked here, uh, but it didn't necessarily work in my context. And so um, I, I just basically stepped back and said, okay, Lord, uh, teach me uh, to, to follow up on new Christians. Um, we've seen over 200 adults saved the last two years, and of those, um, the last six to nine months, we've done a much better job of assimilating them um, percentage-wise, and so let's talk about that. There's five misnomers about follow-up that I want to just talk about, and there's there's more, but these are just five I wanted to highlight. First of all, uh, follow-up uh, often is looked at as either overrated or antiquated, meaning, uh, you know, if you follow up on them, great. If you don't, that's fine too. Um, and then some people, you know, they'll 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 really put like, if you don't text someone on Sunday afternoon. Don't expect them to come back on on the next Sunday, you know, or if they don't if you don't get if you don't follow this pattern of a text and a call and then a a, a visit. And a, if you don't follow that, um, then then it won't work either. And I just think that that that's kind of a misnomer to say uh, either one of those to, to make those bold statements. And then next uh, that everyone requires the same type of follow up. And that's what I was doing. I was treating everyone generationally, culturally. Um, you know, uh, background-wise, I was treating everyone with the same process. And that, that created a lot of frustration in our team as well because they were helping me make these calls. And, and they were having these awkward moments because we didn't think through the context in which we were serving. And then um, number three, uh, another misnomer is that follow-up must be confrontational or comprehensive. Um, I was taught in college a certain certain top few topics that you bring up every time you meet with someone. Obviously, we would all agree that salvation is one of those topics that you want to bring up every time you meet with someone. So we're not talking about that. But but if someone says they're saved, I would jump right into baptism, and I would jump right into discipleship, and I would jump right into rebaptism, and I would jump right into all of these different topics just because that was next on my checklist. Not thinking, what's their next question? What, what's their holdup? And so we'll talk about that some. Number four, if follow-up is not done a certain way, it is wrong. Um, there are some contexts in the room where your follow-up strategy is going to look totally different. And I want to just try to give you some tools to then take and apply to your context as well. And then number five, um, the, the fifth mis- misnomer is that follow-up follows a linear formula into which everyone fits. And, and again, I love pie charts. I, I, I love all the analytics that was shared yesterday. It's incredible. And if you have someone who can do that, it's incredibly helpful to look at. But, but when I look at a, a number, which is what I was given, I was given a number scale to put everyone into a number. 
you know so so if if, if they give you know then, then they're this number and if they if they give serve and, and then they're this number and, and I'm not saying that's wrong um, but but when you start trying to fit everyone into the circle then you're going to start finding that there's some people who don't fit into any of those circles so so we just don't follow up on them <laughs> so so that was that was really frustrating to us in a practical sense and so what I started realizing is if you just apply the principles then everything corrects itself. Everything gets really crystal clear when you apply the leadership principles. And, and here, are the, here are the five. And I, um, again, I'm gonna get, these are, this is about as philosophical as I'm going to get. I'm going to try to keep very, um, uh, a very uh, practical approach here. Um, first, we start with the principles. And I think we'd all agree with that. Uh, principles, assessment, vision, adjustment, and growth. Um, so let's walk through uh, all, all of these. Okay. First of all, with the principle, that is the why, the why of follow-up. So, so why do we follow up? Okay. So, so when I'm when I'm coming to the principle of follow-up, I have to ask myself, what is my motivation for following up? What is my motivation for this to, to get this person to the next step of growth? Because what what generally is happening um, in 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 my context is I am either pushing that person or I'm pulling that person okay but but rarely am I asking what is causing the resistance and I'll give you just a few for instances for the from the last few weeks we had a man walk in the back of our auditorium uh, we have a we meet in a, a seventh grade cafeteria and uh, over in Palmdale and and he walked in and he started walking right back out well, the song service was going on, and I generally try to stand in the back so I can greet latecomers that are coming in. Most of the time, the guests are coming in late, and so I was standing up there. And I and I and I just walked up beside him. He didn't know who I was. He didn't didn't matter. I just said, I just hey man, before you take off, um, what what brings you here today? And he said, Well, my parole officer goes to your church. <laughs> oh, okay. He's like, But I've never been to church. And he's like, He's like, I didn't realize there would be this many people. And I said. Well, I said, can I just explain what's going on? And he said, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to stay. And I said, well, I said, see these people, they're singing. Lots of people know the song, but I said, some of the people don't. And I said, after we get done singing, everyone's just going to sit down, and then we're going to talk about the Bible. I said, you've heard about the Bible? Yeah. And I said, and I said what's going to be talked about from the Bible is, is incredibly helpful. And I said, I said actually, I'm going to be the guy that's standing up and, 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 and preaching from the Bible. And I said, if you want to stay... I said, then only stay for the first five minutes. And if you want to leave, I'm the one that's going to be up front and I won't be offended. And so he stayed for the first five minutes and then he stayed longer. And then at the end, he came forward, weeping, got saved. So, so he was walking out because the context was so foreign to him. I sat down uh, across from a man uh, just a few weeks ago and he said, I, he said, I, I came because my neighbor comes. And I, and I said, well, tell me your journey. And, and he said, I, I've, I've read the Bible. I've read, I've read the Koran. I've, I've read all the religious books. And he said, I haven't found the answer, so I'm, I'm right now reading the book of Satan. And he said, I said, well, well, you're probably finding a lot of very interesting things. He's like, yeah, it actually makes sense. He's like, I know that sounds bad. He's like, I don't want to offend you. I said, no, it doesn't offend me. I said, it's probably telling you that, that, that you're enough and, and just to really promote yourself. He's like, that's exactly what it says. And I said, listen, th there's nothing new. I mean, that's, that's exactly the devil's plan is to try to get you. And, and, and that conversation, 
didn't go as the Kenny conversation went. That conversation went, went like, well, well, who are you to tell me not to focus on myself? And, and Jack's not been back. Now I'm praying for Jack. Um, we had a, a, a lady walk in and, 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 and she weeped for, for five or six Sundays. The, the, the last five or six Sundays, she's been weeping. I didn't know it was wrong. She wouldn't tell anyone what was wrong. A little that I know she was, she was uh, practicing Wiccan. So, so, but she's weeping because she's under conviction, but she doesn't want to give up all those Wiccan friends. And she just got saved and baptized. So, so the point is, there's, those people would not have fit in any of my circles. Those people would not have fit in a linear follow-up model that I had, and that's good, that most people would fit into. Those people wouldn't. So my point is, I have to go back and say, wait a second, why am I following up on these people? Am I following up on, on a Kenny because uh, he, he's going to give a lot? Probably not. And now, now I, I hope God does a work in his heart, but my point is, I didn't stand there thinking, I want to keep this guy so that my number will be bigger or so that, um, so that his parole officer will be happy. My number one motive was, listen, I want this guy to meet Jesus. And I know that's all of our motives, but let's, let's, let's kind of flush this out. Because in Matthew chapter 9, or Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19, it says this, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If, 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 you're, if you have your notes, just circle the word make. Jesus said, I will make you. I will make you fishers of men. And I think it's really important to understand, and, and I've, I'll, I'll give you a few key thoughts. A few of them are in your notes, a few of them aren't. That follow-up should be all about following Jesus. And, and, and again, I know that's super simple, but, but the priority of every follow-up visit must be to inquire and encourage someone to follow Christ. And, and this was obviously a disconnect between Mary and Joseph and, and, and our, our Lord. Uh, because this is, this is what uh, was said uh, in, in Luke 2. You know, he said, why, why were you looking for me? You know what my purpose is. I must be about my father's business. And so here's the second key thought, and that's this. Jesus is the only one who can make this claim, follow me. And, and again, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of be really vulnerable. I don't know most of you, but I'll just tell you, a lot of my follow-up visits were me saying to them, follow us, follow me. And when we as a team started saying, wait a second, no, if, if, if it takes a little bit longer for them to be baptized, if it takes a little bit longer for them to look the way or act the way that we want them to, that, that the Bible says, if that growth process is spread out over a longer period of time, but we're we're always teaching them how to follow Christ and giving them the next step in following Christ, but allowing Jesus to make them a follower of Christ. The pressure's off of us. And so a lot of our appointments were us trying to make them something when Jesus said he was going to make them a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and again, that, that, that may not be an issue for you, um, but, but I, I truly believe there's some practical thoughts we can kind of take away from this. First of all, what is mentioned first is being emphasized. Uh, this might not be in your notes, but, uh, but if you want to write down some of these things, I mean, it, the first thing you mention to, to someone in your service, in your follow-up, that's emphasized, whether you want it to be or not. 
And a lot of times I was emphasizing things that were going on in the church, and that's good. But that is not the most important thing. And so we just basically revamped it and said, hey, we're going to emphasize Christ. We're going to emphasize, uh, you know, the, the salvation, but also a walk with God first, and then we'll go to the growth steps. And that was, that was different than what we had learned. So a balance can be found between, you know, a follow-up visit that's purposeful, which I think they all should be purposeful, but also merciful, not just forceful. So you can take these three principles and balance all of them. Uh, I believe the gospel's offensive. I believe that you should be confrontational in your follow-up visits, but also in a merciful way. We heard a little bit about that today. I believe that you should write out everything you say. So anyone who makes a follow-up visit for us, they write out what they're going to say to that person, and it's, it's, it's completely contextualized to that person. So here's what I want to ask first, and here's some of the things I've noticed. I want to, I want to know not just where they work and, 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 and what their church background is, but I want to know, okay, where are you at with Jesus? And, and if you are a Christian, okay, what, what are some issues that, that we can pray with you about? See, that probe's a little bit different. And it, and, it, and it starts the growth process, okay? Uh, so, so here's another key thought. That follow-up should be all about ministering, not just about building the ministry. And, and again, that just kind of encapsulates what I'm trying to say in this first point, is, is it was all about trying to build the ministry. And I, again, we want to build the ministry, don't get me wrong. But when we switched our focus, it felt a lot less like we were commission base, and it felt a lot like we were just there to help them. Now, again, I'm, I'm, I, I make no bones about it. I'm about to tell you about some times where I offended people, right? But, but we, we got to switch this because it, truly we are commissioned base. But if we feel that way, if we're, if, if we're just saying, you know, hey, I didn't see you. Why weren't you there? Well, instead of asking, why weren't you there? Why not asking, how are you? But, but that's, that's the question I was asking, is why, where, where were you? I missed you. Well, that, that shows a little bit of concern, but it's selfish concern. It, it lacks empathy. And so asking, how are you? And so we missed the point that Jesus said he came to minister, not to be ministered unto. And sometimes we, we flip that, unfortunately. So here's the takeaway from this first point. Takeaway is that seeking Jesus, followers, is less about pushing and a whole lot more about serving. It's less about pushing and a whole lot more about serving. Now, now let me give you, a, 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 again, real life story. Three weeks ago, Darius is sitting at his kitchen table eating breakfast about a mile from, from our location. Doesn't go to church. By his own admission, he's not a church guy. But he's sitting there, and, 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 and they're eating breakfast, and they didn't really have a plan for the day. And he said to his wife, Jocelyn, he said, they're, they're eating with their teenage son, they're eating breakfast. And he said, I think we should go to church today. And they kind of looked at him like, uh, <laughs> why, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's, there's something missing. I, I feel like we should just... We should try church. And he said, well, which one? We don't go to church. And he said, well, well, give me my phone. We got my phone. He said, the first one I type in, we'll go to. 
and our church popped up on the, on the, on the first, I, how? I don't know, maybe because we were close by. And he came, and, and, he, and he walked in, and his TJ, teenage son, was, was they, they were super uncomfortable, and I, I just said, hey, listen, we're glad you're here. Uh, and long story short, Darius and his wife got saved that day. Well, when I went to go meet with them, Jocelyn would not meet with Danielle and I because she said, you know why he wants to meet with us? He wants to meet with us because when you go to a church, you're expected to give money. He, there's a catch. And she said, she said, I bet you $20 to her husband that, that when you go meet with him, you go have coffee. By the way, I, I don't give a gift because I feel like that's very salesman-ish. People give gifts. Hey, I have a gift for you. That's fine. But in our context, they don't want your gift. Meals don't work for us. You have a meal, you have less attendance. You don't have a meal, you have more. How does that work? Okay? That's not in every context. You're like, what? Uh, but that's just our context. They don't want a gift. Keep your money. Keep your gift. But I'll always say, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to have a minute with you, either at your home or, or uh, if they're over 50 at your home or, or if they're under 50, hey, let's go get, let's go get coffee or, or, or a meal together. And so we, we did coffee. And uh, Darius said, so, man, let me just shoot straight. We don't go to church. What's the catch? And I said, well, the decision you told me you made when you walked out, and we gave you a Bible, and he said, no, nah, I, I, I love that. And he said, we're, we're going to come back. But he said, I'm, we're just really curious why you, why you asked to meet with us. Why, why did you reach out to meet with us? He was, he was legitimately concerned that, that I had a motive. And I said, I do have a motive, Darius. I have a secret motive. And do you know what it is? It's that I want you to follow Jesus with your life. Yeah, I know, but what do, you, what do you No, no, no. Darius, that is the catch. Jesus is the catch. And I said, he's like, but what if we don't give? That's between you and Jesus. You, I'm asking you to follow him. And I'm asking if you want to follow him, there's going to be some problems. And there's going to be some, 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 some things that are good, some things that are bad. I'm not saying, I'm not going to paint a rosy picture of following Jesus. I'm just going to say, listen, following Jesus is the greatest thing you could ever do. And, and, and when you made that decision on Sunday, you, I, I, I made it very clear that you were deciding to follow Jesus. Do you want to follow Jesus? Well, well yeah, but, but what about the church? I said, listen, we are here to help you follow Jesus. I said, let's follow Jesus together. He's like, well, I could do that. <laughs> And he's like, so there really is no catch other than following Jesus. I said, no. I said, I said everything we do. I said, uh, I said, if you want me to give you a baptism brochure, I will. But that, that's just following Jesus in believers obe in obedience. I said, uh, if you, if you want to go through individual study, a, a, Bible, a, a discipleship, I said, that's fine. But that's just learning how to, discipleship is learning how to follow Jesus. I said, if you want to come to small group, then you'll hear how other people are following Jesus. And, and he's like, oh, okay, so it really connects to that. Yeah. Darius has been coming faithfully, and, and, and again, he's slow. The, he, we just met him. He's going to be slow to take some of those growth spe steps. But you know what? He knows what his next step is, and, and that's all I can do. Okay, I spent more time on that than I wanted. Um, but, but that's number one is we must, we must have the principle right. If the principle's wrong, none of this other practical stuff makes sense. Okay, so let, let's go through this. Let's, let's, let's do the assessment. This is when to follow up. Okay, when do we follow up? When, when, when someone visits, you know, what, what, what's the, what's the, um, 
the, the principle behind this? Well, first of all, urgency. I must work the words of him that sent me while his day, night cometh, right? But, but here's some practical thoughts, okay? Uh, some might want to text on Sunday afternoon. I do some text on Sunday afternoon. Um, but others might want to call on Monday morning. By the way, in our context, if someone's over 50, they would love a call after work because they want to talk to you. They don't want to sit there and text with you. So for us, a phone call to, 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 to some over 60 uh, is, is great. That, that works for me. Um, uh, some write down uh, the phone number, and it's not even a, it's a landline. Some, some, some people still have a landline. I don't get that. I don't have a landline. But some people, you can't possibly text, okay? Um, I, my background's in, in psychology and counseling, so uh, in, on our team, we talk a lot about emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the ability to discern what the need is. Some people, they'll give you their number, but they're kind of leery about you reaching out to them. Frankly, with some of those people, I'll wait. And I'll send them an email first and wait to see if they respond because they're very leery about you know, giving out their information. If they do give out their information in kids, I don't reach out because I don't have permission to reach out. They didn't put it on the connection card. But I believe that when we talk about emotional intelligence, being able to discern, that's all I mean by that, is the Holy Spirit's the greatest giver. He's the greatest giver of, of your emotional IQ, your EQ. Okay, So to be able to discern, the Holy Spirit's going to discern that. And I just had to give, the, give up the power to be able to say, you know what, listen, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. And there's some times where I'll send an email and just pray over that email and hope they respond. Other times when I'll, I'll, I'll send a, a, a text out right away. And so, again, I just, I, I, I'm trying to get wisdom on that. And, 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 and if that's not the best process, hopefully the Lord will give me discernment. But I believe that as we ask him, he will give us. When, it, when a matter is handled wisely, uh, we find good. Here's a key thought under this, that assessment, regardless of how you come uh, to grips with some of these practical things, how, how you contextualize it, assessment is the pathway to perspective. So, so if you want a greater perspective into their life or a greater perspective on how to follow up, you have to do assessment. And, and by the way, for us, it's been constant assessment uh, to know what the best, what, what the best things are. And, and, and a lot of times when I'm in discipleship talking to a new Christian, I ask, hey, what was, what was really weird when you showed up? You know, they always tell me, and I'm always a little bit embarrassed but we can make some adjustments. Now, we're not going to change the mission. We're not going to change the message, but we can change our method a little bit. And so uh, that's important. Uh, Matthew, what was that? What did they tell you? Uh, we're going to get to some of that. Yeah, I, I, trust me, I'll, I'll, I'll fully embarrass myself, and, and, and we'll have plenty of question and answer time. I want to I get through the notes really fast. But, um, but, but Jesus asked, who are people saying that I am? And they said, well, some are saying that you're just a teacher. Others are actually saying you're someone who came back. You're just a ghost. You know, you came, you're someone reincarnated. And he said, but, but what about you? Who, who are you? Who, what do you think? When was the last time you asked someone, hey, what do you think? I, I'll be honest with you. My, my first couple of years, I just didn't think to ask that. Like, hey, hey, what do you think about Jesus? What do, what do you think? You, you've been in church for two or three weeks now. What do you think? Tell me what you think. And, and I think that subconsciously I was a little insecure to ask that question because I knew that they would tell me what they think. 
And a few of the people said, yeah, I'm not buying it at all, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you. I mean, honestly, it makes no sense to me, but, but I'm along for the ride. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, like, what if I got myself into? Because they're sitting there kind of smiling at you like, they're getting it, they're getting it, they're not getting it, until I asked I didn't know. So here's the takeaway from this point. Follow-up is primarily about gaining perspective. I used to think follow-up was, was about gaining persuasion. I no longer persuade and follow up. If you do, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying I want to gain perspective and I'm going to let the truth do the persuasion. So let's talk about the, the, the practical outflow of that. The practical outflow is this, that we use 60, the 60-40 rule. Some of you have probably heard of that. So 60-40 meaning I'm not going to do more than 60% of the talking, even if they're shy. Okay, It'll be a really short time, but I'm not going to sit there. It's not a monologue, right? Uh, so if they do 60% of the talking, I'm not going to let them talk more than 60% because otherwise they're just venting, right? So 60-40 kind of gives you a good, it, it can be close to that and it doesn't have to be exact, but that's important. And then I kind of mirror if they're super shy, I'm not going to be super belligerent and outgoing. That's pretty obvious. And then the Holy Spirit's going to be the driver and I'm going to tell them that. Hey, hey, listen, um, I just really want the Holy Spirit to lead you to, to the next step. Now the Holy Spirit's inside of you. I want him to tell you. By the way, I believe that you came to this meeting because the Holy Spirit led you to. I, he did? Yeah. Well, you think, you think your flesh wanted, you know, led you to church? You think the flesh led you? Oh, you think, that, you think Satan wanted you to, to meet and talk about growth? No, that was the Holy Spirit guiding you to do that. See, when we acknowledge the Holy Spirit, he does a work. But when we just act like we're the workers, then they're always coming back to us. And we've, uh, we've been able to, to, to um, really step back and assess some things just by keeping track of our conversations with people in follow-up. You see, when we don't think through something, other people on the outside are looking at it and saying, why would anyone do that? We can get really narrow-minded and narrow-focused sometimes. And I hope that this uh, lesson just helps you kind of open up. Um, one uh, uh, amusement park put in a slide and, and, and they didn't do assessment first, okay? This was the slide they put in, okay? Now, we all can look at this and say, what in the world were they thinking? Same with, with this, okay? Uh, someone's going to get hurt, right? So my point is, you can, you, you can be kind of in the trenches doing construction. You can be building something. But honestly, if we're not stepping back and allowing the Holy Spirit to shift some things around, someone's going to get hurt, and, and, and we have to realize that, okay? So number three. Number three is the vision. Um, giving someone a vision, and this is, uh, this is with whom to follow up. So, so with, with whom are we following up? Who, who's, how, how are we casting the vision and, and to whom, okay? Um, obviously, where there's no vision, the people perish. But, but what is vision? What is vision and, and, and who are we trying to cast the vision to? Well, vision is the picture of the preferred future. So, so whatever the future is that you're wanting, okay, based on the word of God for their life. So, so John, I really believe your next growth step is baptism. But you know what? I want you to come to me and tell me when you're ready to get baptized. Two months later. Now, hey, I'm so proud of you for starting discipleship. Now, you remember your first growth step. You, you skipped that one. But 
when you're ready, come talk to me. I'm presenting the truth. He needs to be baptized. There's something going on there. And, and, and when the Lord gives me, uh, but I'm painting the preferred future uh, based on what the word of God says. What I'm not saying is, hey, why haven't you gotten baptized? Come on, come on, let's go, you know? Or, uh, hey, some of you, you're, you know, you're not being blessed because you're not bad. Well, that's guilt-driven. That's not Holy Spirit-driven. And so uh, I just believe that everyone that comes into uh, my context is, is led there by the Holy Spirit. And, and it's, it's God that sets the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleases Him. Not as it pleases me, as it pleases Him. And so I have to step back and say, listen, you're either going to please God or you're not, but I'm not the police on who's pleasing God more or less. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated. Mark uh, 10 talks about this, and it's easier to talk about it when it's talking about children, but there was a group of people who in Mark 10, uh, there were children, and, and, and they, they, they were basically the lesser, and, and the disciples said, no, 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 now's not a good time. And Jesus said, wait a second, wait a second. No, 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 bring them to me. No, they're the group I want to minister to. Well, they can't really offer you anything. Well, wait a second. No, no, no. Everyone deserves to have the vision for the future, the preferred future. Everyone deserves follow-up. And I will tell you, this is the biggest area we missed when we first started. And, and this is the, the, the most fruit we've seen over the last 12 months has been because we recognized that children are the greatest asset because children have the greatest faith. Now, Jesus said that I didn't. Okay, so the greatest faith is, is the faith of a child. So what we did was we basically said, hey, we've been really putting a lot of energy into adult follow-up visits. What energy are we putting into the, the nursery? Who follows up on a baby? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Here's some practical things. I believe that children, teen gifts, bags, whatever, to me, they seem uh, to mean the most. You give something to me, I'll say thank you. You give something to my kids, that means something. Regardless of if, if I ever tell you, that means something. Why? Because I love them the most, right? And so it doesn't matter if it's a baby. If, 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 if someone's dropping something off for a child or a teen, it means the world to the parents. And so kid outreach cards uh, seem to work the best. Is when, when you're dropping something off for the kids, no one minds. But when you're dropping it off for the parents, it's spam. See, see the difference? Uh, and then uh, our, we use recap cards. I'd be glad to send you uh, a copy if, if you'd like them, but um, there's lots of those, and I'm sure you've heard of those before. But like, uh, it, it basically tells the parents what the, the kid learned. It, it tells the, kid, the parents who, who was the worker who prayed for their kids. So they're going home looking at this paper saying, wow, they did all that for my kids while I was in service? That's great. See, they don't know. When you get in the car and you're, it's like, hey, how was it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, where are we going to eat? That's the conversation, right? And so the recap cards have helped us with that. Here's the takeaway from this point. The takeaway is that Jesus asked us to cast the vision for growth and to allow him to open the hearts to receive it. So I think you get the, the gist of what I'm saying. But, but Jesus said to cast the vision. Now, here's the thing that I don't have, I don't have any control over. I don't have control over who I cast it to. God brings them. I want to cast the net to everyone. I think all of you would be in the same. 
But my point is, I have to cast everyone. But then the other thing is, I can't say, oh, yeah, that person, I really hope they get it. And, and, and kind of be leaning toward that one group of people. I have to do it for, all, for everyone. Children, uh, privileged, underprivileged, all, all the above. Okay. Number four, and, and this is the last point. The, the, the fifth one's just kind of the, the result of all of it. But here's the last point. Uh, number four is the adjustment. How to follow up. Now, um, there's a lot that we could say here, but when I said that, that where there's no vision, the people perish, what perishes? What perishes when, when there's no vision is a lack of hope, a lack of expectation that they're going somewhere. Okay? But, but, but on my wall in my office, there's two big words, and the first word is not vision. To me, the first word always has to be culture. Now, unfortunately, that term gets a lot of bad, bad press, right? But, but, but here's what I mean by culture, okay? When, when the last part of that verse is so inher- inherently connected to the first part, yeah, where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law. There's a certain set of guidelines that have to be kept, and an adjustment is the, is the transition for growth. Adjustment is the transition for growth. Uh, you, you, you've heard... Um, uh, said uh, a growing church is always in transition, and that certainly is true. Um, but people are always in transition. It's very important to understand that these transitions are always happening, and so we have to get really good at leading people through these transitions. Um, now, here's the problem, is when we're not making assessments, okay, and 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 we're not willing to kind of look at how we're doing it and shift it to doing it differently, then we can't make adjustments the way that we can if we're not making assessments the way that we need to. Here's, here, here's one area, okay? I used to, we, we have people over all the time, and I used to always say, they would say, well, well, can we bring something? Well, I always feel bad, like, yeah, you know what? You can bring something. And so I would say, you can bring drinks. Well, the first three people I said that to, they brought alcohol. <laughs> so, so, so here they, they're coming in, and where do you want the wine? You know, and I'm going, no, 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 not those types of drinks. We're talking soft drinks. Listen, I grew up, I've never had a drop of alcohol in my life, right? So I didn't, uh, that context wasn't, I didn't think that they would bring alcohol to a pastor's home. They're thinking, this guy's great. <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, I'm not having that. And, and so I, I, and so then we're getting into that before we're getting into the gospel. See what I'm saying? It was a distraction. And I had to adjust. Now, now I hate telling people that because that's like, uh, yeah, duh. So now it's like, yeah, bring chips. And then it's like, whoa, wait a second. Does that have a bad content? I don't know, you know, uh, gambling chips. I, you know, so you have to think through and say, uh, what, what, what are we going to do and, and, and make some adjustments? And, and, and here's what I'll say uh, under this, just some practical uh, adjustments that, that, that we made, okay? Um, I, I believe that next steps are, are difficult to track without a, a really well list. I, we keep the list in Excel, and so if you keep it somewhere else, that's fine, but we had to make a list, and again, it doesn't follow a linear. We have to be okay with someone's jumping around on that matrix. We're okay with that because you know what? I'm not the driver the Holy Spirit is. So if someone's getting into discipleship, or if someone's serving before they're baptized, obviously there's, there's, there's a limit to what they can do. I mean, they're going to be in the parking lot, but I'll let someone 
I'll let someone wave their hand in the parking lot if they if they sign our our, our agreement. Okay, so so yeah, that's fine. But they're not going to serve in kids. Does that make sense? So there has to be some some flexibility, but 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 the principles remain the same. Uh, each next step is a choice that's led by the Holy Spirit. We've said that, but encouraged by the pastor. I believe that the greatest thing we can do each weekend is to say, what is your next step? Don't worry about all the 15 steps because they're sitting next to a person in a suit and they don't own a suit. And they're discouraged by that person because his family looks awesome and their family is split apart. And so I have to remind people, listen, you don't worry about all the steps. You worry about your next step. And then the last thing is that the, the culture of a church, okay? The culture of a church must support taking scriptural growth steps. If your culture and atmosphere does not support that, it's going to be hard to, to, to get them through that assimilation process. By the way, it's going to be hard to follow up because they're like, yeah, everyone's kind of self-righteous. They're all, they're, all, they're all really proud of the steps they've taken, but I don't, I don't really feel celebrated with the one step I took. It's almost like, oh, good job. You know, 25 more to go. Good job. For us, baptism is a massive celebration, okay? Uh, discipleship when they graduate, I mean, we're talking gift cards, confetti. It's a big deal. Why? I want that to be a big deal. And so it, 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 I don't want to just say, hey, oh, congratulations. Okay, next, uh, what's the, no, 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 whoa, 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 hang on. This person just spent six months studying the scripture and they're graduating from that? To us, that's a huge deal. Okay, so how did we create this culture? Okay, and again, I would love to send this to you if it's a help to you. But this is the card we use, okay? So, uh, and, and this was just something I developed because it was something that we, we had to have because people are like, what, what's my step? I don't know what it is. And so again, this isn't linear. They, can they check membership? Yeah, but then that's going to give us the, 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 the ability to have the conversation. Hey, listen, you checked you want to be a member. That's awesome. Let's talk about baptism, <laughs> right? And so for us, I checked off worship because they're there. Now, uh, what we can have question and answer on this. Uh, you say, why isn't giving on there? I think there's a really good reason for that, okay? Because I believe that giving is not something that's, that we check off. Okay, that's a worship. That's something that's loving God. I don't have loving God on here, okay? That's really important. Giving's, ex we're all generous here. When I stand up, I don't say, oh, you know what, uh, uh, um, you know, I don't apologize. No, I say, hey, listen, if you, if you want to experience the blessings of generosity, man, we're, everyone here is just wanting to be generous. By the way, if someone wants to give in there a guest, I let them. I don't guilt them if they don't, but I, but I, I want the culture of generosity and all of that. So you, we just have to set the culture. This helped us, and it might not help you in your context. Uh, but but we, we're trying to develop the culture of being a doer of the word, not just a hearer. But you're doing something. So you're not just hearing and you're leaving. You're not doing anything. No, what are you doing? What's your next step? So you'll hear people in our, in our congregation, hey, congratulations on the step. So what's your next step? Looking forward. You know, these are brand new Christians asking each other, right? It's, it's the culture that we develop. So how do you develop that culture? Well, culture is what is expected and how it is accepted. So if I expect something, that's not culture. That's vision. Okay? When I expect something, that's, I'm painting the picture, right? But, but what I accept, what, what I'm excited about, and, and, and when, when we have a culture of excellence. So in our, in our team, we have clarifying conversations. So, hey, let me clarify this. So, 
So we didn't vacuum. Is the vacuum broken? Oh, no, I just didn't have time. Okay, so, so next time we'll have someone else come in and they'll vacuum and, oh, I can vacuum. Okay, no problem. We just, because my point is, it's not just what's expected, it's what's accepted. We're having these conversations. Why? Because this is the culture that we develop. And this is, this is uh, lots of principles on this, but, but the psalmist gives a lot of principles uh, about the law of the Lord. Okay, it's converting, it's renewing, reviving the soul. How? By following the boundaries, okay, that the Lord has set. And, and what does that do? It changes what we desire, what we value, okay? So, so when our heart's revived by the Holy Spirit, then we're, we're conforming ourselves to the image of Christ, okay? That's then changing our desire. I can't, I can't walk up to you and change your desire, but I can allow the statutes, the boundaries, look up that word, uh, to, to, to kind of help you, guide you. So it's not, it's not law to grace. Everyone knows that, right? It's grace to law. And I think that's important. Okay, you've heard a lot about that in the conference, so I won't, I won't continue that. Okay, and then uh, God's word sets the culture, obviously. Uh, I don't set it. God's word does. So everything has a biblical principle I can tie them back to. We talked about that the first time. And then the Holy Spirit's the keeper of it. Okay, so, so I'm having conversations to say, you know, I, I think that might grieve the Holy Spirit. So, so let's not do that. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not my church. It's their church. By the way, if I ever say our church or my church, our church corrects me. Because from the very beginning, I said, listen, this isn't my church. You know, now, you, now the church can say it's their church, but I, but, but, but I don't believe the pastor should say that. I, the, again, that's, just a, that's, that's, a, that's not my notes. Okay, uh, takeaway. Uh, last, the second to last takeaway. Adjustments are changes people make when they understand and accept the value of those transitions. So when you understand and accept the values of those transitions, uh, then, then they'll make the change. If they make the change and they don't understand the value, it's going to be short-lived. They're, they're, they're going to go in, they're going to surf a little bit, and then they're just going to, they're going to be out. Why? Because it wasn't real to them. They didn't value it. They didn't desire it. And so I have no, I, I don't want that. I don't want a group of people who are just outward, conf, you know, conforming. Um, and then obviously we all are, are trying to, to have growth. Uh, spiritual growth, numerical growth, I think all of it's good. I think it all, if, if, you're, if you're growing spiritually, there will be uh, numerical growth because, you know, everything that's healthy is growing. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but every opportunity has an expiration date. I believe that God's given everyone in this room uh, growth opportunities. Those opportunities, they're not going to be there forever. If you steward the opportunities for growth as a Christian, God will give you more opportunities. If you're stale and stagnant, what does Proverbs uh, 131 say? He'll give you the fruit of your own way. If we steward the growth opportunities we have now, God gives us more. That's what's happened here. Okay, Lancaster Baptist Church, case in point. There's, there's no secret sauce. Someone asked me yesterday, what's the secret sauce? And I said, they just, steward all, they just stewarded all the growth opportunities early, and it just exponentially, God just gave them more. You steward this, okay, God gives you more. Oh, you steward that gift, oh, God will give you more. You, you want to be wise in how you do it? Okay, I'll give you more. And so that's just the, the principle uh, found, found in John, uh, that, that if you continue in my word, uh, then you'll be my disciples, and then what will happen? You'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, again, make you free. Uh, and then the final takeaway is that growth is not an exact focus or formula. It is the result of faith. So when they have the faith to step on, uh, to, to take the next step, God will give them greater faith for the next step. And, and that process happens super organically, and, uh, and I believe that, that the growth in our follow-up and assimilation will happen organically as we take steps of faith 
and have conversations of faith as well. And so uh, I hope something that was said uh, was an encouragement. And I have no idea what time I'm supposed to end, so I'm going to go ahead and end right there. Um, and uh, I, I will take maybe two minutes of questions if you have them. If you don't, uh, no problem. I'll just be up here. Um, but uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know it's the most second most valuable thing you have to your influence. So uh, any any questions? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. No, they always tell me something. It, it might be it might be different, but like, um, like like I, what I was saying about earlier is is they always say I th- I, th- I think it's so weird you guys don't drink. So that was the one thing I was referring to. When they come into service, that's what yeah, like like no no like because because I don't I'll I'll preach about anything. Doctor Getch, the first time he preached, he preached an entire message on alcohol. I was like, well, I could think of some other things we could have talked about, but he chose to preach that, and I was glad. Yeah, I probably should take the words of uh, uh, Karen Sweeney that we found everybody saying it was weird. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So for for us, no, it's it's been different things based on their personalities, but they always said something. They weren't like, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> I wish I wish I'd get one of those, you know. <laughs> it, it was always like, yeah, I thought it was really weird that you're the the the. Uh, babies were in the weight room you know well we put carpet down and we try to make it nice but yeah it says weight room right on there so what did I do I went out and bought a sign and and now now you can't see the weight room sign because we have another sign that's plastered over that you know every week so those are those are the types of things I didn't think about the fact I didn't have a baby at the time so my 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 kids are six and nine so I, I didn't think about the fact that when you're dropping them off you're like weight room weight room is there like a bunch of weights back there are going to be are people wor- working out behind that little drape wall you know I didn't think through that but but again that, that was something that someone said ah, that's kind of weird to me you know okay so yeah that, that's just the adjustment assessment part of it anything on uh, simulation or, or, or follow-up yeah um, yes sir uh, we said it and I agree that you know each person may require a different strategy of follow-up no one's just going to text them just a call things like that but like on a big day, let's say you have like 150 visitors, how do you, how do you make that happen? Because it's easy to like just like do a mass text and get something out to yeah. everybody. But how do you manage that? Yeah. Uh, so so we had about 100 guests on Easter, and and I will tell you how we followed up with them. Um, we, I we took them into, um, uh, a a dat, you know a, a sheet which we use Planning Center. Some of you might might use another whatever your database is. We took them on there. And then data, uh, Planning Center has workflows. So I went through and I said, okay, who talked to these people? Because there were a few people that I didn't get to talk to. Now, um, for the most part, I can talk to people and I can kind of discern, but some of the ones I had to have conversations with people before we followed up on them. So we had those conversations on Sunday so that I know, okay, this person I need to follow up with right away. Um, and so the people who we felt were uh, had the greater expectation for an immediate response. We did those responses on Sunday, you know, and, and, and honestly, again, may, maybe you're against this and I, and I feel bad even saying this, but like we didn't have a Sunday night service because of follow-up. So a lot of people say, oh no, everyone's tired. No, we were still tired, but we were still following up on Sunday night. Um, so we didn't have a Sunday night service. Um, no, we had one the next week and the next week, all of that. But my point is for us, that was just, we wanted to steward those. The other thing we did is we had multiple services. So we had four services so that we could spread out the number of guests and connect with them. Because last year, 
we had a huge Easter, but all these guests came and then they all left. And there was like 14 guests on our list that we didn't even have um, their info for. So um, anyway, yeah. And by the way, if you have to leave, please, by all means, leave and you will not both doors and you won't offend me. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I know that you're very personal in the way that you connect with them and all. So just the super quick as I said, how do sure. you select the guests cause? And then also you and other individuals who speak with them. Yeah. Uh, obviously you're writing something down, but you're not trying to be, you're not acting like a recorder or anything yeah. like that. So do you later on sort of connect the personal notes with the card in that? Case? Yeah. Okay, and and I, I and again, I don't, I'll share this because you asked, but like, I don't think this is right for everyone. And there's some people on our team, they feel super weird doing this and I'm totally fine. But I always say, hey, thank you, thank you so much for coming. Uh, did you get a chance to fill out that card? I wanna pray for you. That's true, I pray over all the cards. Yeah. If they say, nah, I didn't, I say, okay, great. Listen, I'd love to connect with you sometime. Uh, do you mind if I give you my number? Now, if they say, no, that's okay. Okay, I have to be okay with letting them walk in that instance. I yeah. because I it, because I've watched people walk back because I didn't really put on the screws and I could have gotten their number, but they would have been reluctant. If they say, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and 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 take your number," then I'll say, "Okay, great, I'll text it to you." <laughs> so I just start putting in six six one, and I've done it a thousand times, and I just put in six six one the number. And I say, "Okay," and, and then I, and I push the button and I'll say. Um, you know, we had all, a, a guy by the name of uh, uh, Enrique visit on Sunday. I said, Enrico, this is Pastor Peter. Thanks for coming today. Send it right in front of him. Send it. Okay, you should get it. Did it, did it come through? <laughs> Bing. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Well, hey, I'll, we'll connect. And, and Oh, great. So sometimes I'll, I'll text them a follow-up and, and, you know, and, and the next day and just say, hey, uh, so again, this is Pastor Peter. You know, just great, great to meet you. I'd love to, love to connect and talk to you. And, and, and then sometimes they don't respond. And, 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 but again, if, I, if that's the only thing I have is a name and a number, then I have something to go off of. So, and then obviously we get a ton of information through uh, our kids' city, you know, our kids. So, because they'll give you all their information. So. Okay, anyone else? Yeah. It's all, it's like 90% word of mouth for us. So yeah, it's just our budget's not there to, to do a ton of promotion, but yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we do all the above. No, we, we do all the above, but I mean, if I had, if, if we had a um, um, hundred guests on Easter, 90 of them would have come from word of mouth. So again, I, that's just our context, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, so our context is we have a ton of do not knock neighborhoods. So whole neighborhoods. Now, uh, Lancaster still knocks them. I always tease them about that. Uh, but like I, I, I've developed a relationship with the HOAs and, and they've just asked us, don't knock. It's just we're, we're an HOA. They're paying to ha not have solicitors. And so even if you have your members who live in there and you can get the gate code don't don't come in the gate so I said oh okay no problem so but I said okay two times a year can we can we advertise through your app 
because they all all the HOAs have an app. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you're not going to knock on the door, well, well, we've gotten lots of people from that. So, but you have to be willing to say, okay, I won't come knock on your door, but I'll send something to everyone's phone. So is there, is there a cost to do that? They've never charged. That's amazing. It, it's it's again, but um, there's some places like for instance. Uh, Lancaster still knocks on every neighborhood in West Palmdale. I'm glad they do because there's some people who will want to drive over to, I mean, to, it's an amazing play. I want people to drive over here, right? If, if they can connect and drive, that's great. But the point is I'm reaching unreached people and I, I, I want it to be, you know, I want it to be something that's organic. So younger unreached people, do you think that they like a, for the most part, do you think they like a smaller environment as opposed to a larger environment? There's no question. Four seats for servicing, right? Which actually reduce your overall, it reduce, it, right. it increase your overall attendance, but it reduce your yeah. attendance per service. I so, think yeah, there's two things. First of all, two of the services we didn't count in our, our attendance just because they were extras. Uh, one was a, um, a um, uh, what's it called? A sunrise service. So I didn't count that in our overall attendance. We had two ma two main ones on the on the that morning after the sunrise and then we had a, a, a service the night before that I didn't count in our attendance so uh, so for me those two main services were the ones that we were advertising the most so the other one was there for people who were kind of honestly older or, or, or really wanted just more uh, you know traditional walk through you know when I say traditional I mean like I walked verse by verse through the resurrection on for our sunrise and and we had 100 people there, but I mean, it was mostly just older people who just wanted that. So, but I, I think the, the smaller thing, absolutely. And, and we're gonna have to go to multiple services at some point, but yeah, I, th I think when it gets a little bit bigger, you start to lose some of the younger uh, uh, people because um, there, is that, there is that level of disconnect when they're sitting 12 or 14 rows back. Um, so I don't, but I, but I've, I've had, we've had tons of people say, man, every church in this, in this valley is, is huge. Cause a lot of our churches are big. A lot of our, a lot of the, a lot of the main churches, like there's four or five churches over a thousand in our, in our area. So man, I just, that's, it's really overwhelming to someone who doesn't go to a church. And so I would say not even the size though. I would say the, the venue being in a public school has helped us a ton. So, because it's not a church, so they're like, well, they can't really handle snakes and, you know, do anything crazy in a in a public school environment. So, I think that's helped us the most, Brother Wednesday. So, thank you, thank you guys for coming. Yeah. I have, yeah. So here's the crazy thing: we could go to two services right now. So it actually would be better for us. <laughs> it would be better for us because more people would be able to be under the preaching. Because right now at one service, you have you only people can only people are only going to a service twice a month. Because if they're serving twice a month, which no one serves every week, obviously. So because otherwise they would never be, you know, in the service. Um, so if they're serving, they're serving once or twice a month. Now people could serve more and they could go to the service each week. Okay. But it's a longer commitment on the Sunday. 
And so what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, to grow our team to the point where we can split and have enough teams to where people aren't, aren't feeling like they have to serve four hours every week um, because our setup is, is brutal right now. So, so I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to burn out our really good people um, doing setup and then serving and then going to a service. And it's like, they're there for seven or eight hours. Um, now I'm there for seven or eight hours, but you know, I feel called to it. I feel like when you start doing that, it's, it's, that's, that's where I feel like I would, I would start burning out some really good people. So that I want to get our team trained to the point where we have four teams so that everyone's serving every other week and, and they're, or they're serving every week, but they get to their choices. They're going, they're serving and they're going to the service. So people aren't just serving and then leaving or going to the service and not serving. We want everyone serving and we want people serving at least every other week. So, but our, our team hasn't grown to that yet. So we have another wave of graduates from discipleship who are, who are gonna be serving. And I'm doing a gifted series uh, this summer on, on the spiritual gifts that a lot of new people have enrolled in. So um, that's what we're doing on Sunday night. So. Um, Hopefully that will produce enough people to either this fall or this spring. Definitely by this spring we'll be going to two services. See, we have the space, we just don't have the personnel. And I, I think that that's, I could pull the trigger, I just think it's premature at this point, but I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'll look back on that and, and regret it. Generally, when you add another service, you, you grow exponentially. And I, I know that, I've seen that here. Um, because you give a whole nother group of people uh, an opportunity to, to come that wouldn't normally, for instance, like uh, people would. We can't. We can't on Sunday just because it takes us three hours to set up. So, yeah. So when you're saying serving, what do you mean by that? Nursery. Yeah, nursery, parking lot, setup. Um, uh, you know, not usher. That's not intensive. Although there is some setup with that. Um, you know, uh, we have a refreshment team, a guest, uh, guest services team, um, you know, um, a, uh, a loadout, you know, teardown team. Um, so we have 10 or 12 teams and each one of them is like an hour or so of a commitment that you're going to give on that Sunday. Um, so again, is it, is it too much to ask? Probably not for the, mo for, for, for the most, but for my leaders, it would be brutal because I don't have enough leaders to be able to lead all of, all, all those 48 teams. So it'd be 48 sets of teams. So I don't have 48 leaders. That's just the bottom line. I don't have 48 leaders. And mainly because we've, we've been very careful of people coming over from Lancaster. We've wanted to grow them out there, which is, which is healthy. It's a, it's a healthy process, you know? So we did have some come over that are leaders, but not nearly enough to go to two services. So we're, again, they're going through discipleship. They're getting to the point where we can start placing them in leadership positions, but it's a, it's a process. And I, and I want to, I want to, uh, want to rush it, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, ranch, West Palmdale, Ranch of Israel, about, uh, yeah. And, and we, we want that. Yeah. Yeah, so honestly, distance isn't the problem. Exactly. That's right. No, you should. That's what we want. We want you to stay here. So, but there's people who are, 
not church who will never come here or there's thousands of people who've driven on the parking lot and left because they're like what is this you know they don't get the context so 